Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, Nikki Snacks, Carter, and the Quan Cosby. Get your horns up. We're talking Texas football because here we go. Horns up, talking Texas football. It's August. It's August. What's the August 10th? Wow. You're just a couple short weeks away, gentlemen, from the season. The season we've all been waiting for for now, it seems, a couple of years. We thought it could be last year. There was a point we were 4-1. and one. We got smacked in the mouth by Arkansas. We took it to the chin, headed into OU for about three quarters. This was the year that we were going to win the big 12 once again and reign supreme. Caleb Williams comes into the game and pretty much puts us in a, in a blender and, and, and sends our season into a spin cycle. Now, a lot of things have changed. We have Quinn Ewers transfer Ohio state. Xavier worthy in his second year, B. John Robinson going to his third year is healthy. We recruited great on the offensive line. We bring in arch nemesis, Gary Patterson to help PK major deep threat receiver from Wyoming Billingsley Jatavian Sanders, a tight end. We also have Whittington, a guy we all love. He's back and healthy, knock on wood for now. And we got Ryan Watts, a cornerback from Ohio state on defense. Defense gets older. There's a lot of things to be psyched about. BJ Foster's no longer on the roster. feels like he was there forever and just, you know, a negative, a negative presence. So he's gone. Sam Houston state. There's a lot to be excited about as Longhorns. Quan, we'll go to you first, man. You've been around the practice. You said it before we got on a little bit because it's hot as you know what out there. Yeah. But your ears are always close to ground. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? Some takeaways from practice so far. Man, yesterday was the first day of Pat. So that that actually changed the game a little bit. And I think we've talked multiple times about just a different mindset. Mm-hmm. And if you ask any rabbit UT fan, you know, local or away, we haven't been physical for a while. Mm. Um, you talk about tackling. You talk about even though as great as Bijan is in the trenches, it takes a certain level of physicality to open up those holes and, and be productive and have long drives and all the above. I think the early takeaway, as crazy as it sounds, one day of practice, even one day of practice, I feel like they're more physical than 15 days of practice last year. You know, and, and just growing and, and having that comfort level. I think there's a little, they're young, but they're a little bit more depth. Um, the names you named, I told y'all, I'm not, I get the portal. I respect certain levels of it. I think it can be a disaster. I think it could be good. 
these guys that have transferred aren't coming here to enjoy Austin and BS and get a phenomenal degree. They are out there to take jobs and play. Mm-hmm. And I think that level of leadership, the level of um, just roster change in general, it's early, but I like what the early signs are showing. They are physical. They're going at it. I was complaining about the heat. Mm-hmm. I left early because of the heat <laughs> now, but there was none of that. They, they, they're ready to roll, man. I think psychologically I've been so annoyed because I don't feel like they care enough about flipping the script. Yeah. I don't think that's the case anymore. It's just all in energy was phenomenal for first day of practice. It felt right. And that's been a while since it's felt like that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure as a player, when you're seeing other fans or just the national media always poo-pooing Texas, it probably gets under your skin and you want to flip that narrative and no longer be the laughing stock of the NCAA. And I think Sark said it best. I mean, as, as great as we all think our offense can be and potentially be and signs that it showed last year, dude, we're picked fourth in the big 12. <laughs> really? I think that's, that's wild. Huh? I think that's disrespectful. That, that's so disrespectful. God, I can't Im- I'm not playing and I'm pissed off. Like it has the piss them off that Baylor, Okie State, Oklahoma, after all they've lost, hell, they just lost another coach is picked ahead of you. That is so disrespectful. Yeah, I do think it is disrespectful, but uh, this is going to sound really weird. I mean, we've been do- we've by the way, we've been do- I think we've been doing this together, gentlemen, for over a year. Do we already have that kind of like oh, good for us kind of moment? I think maybe yeah, last one we did that. Last one we did. All right, cool. <laughs> well, sorry, excuse me for being sentimental, boys. The, uh, <laughs> hey, the- he's, he's probably about to say something negative, but he had to throw that sentimental I, piece out. <laughs> I am, I am, because you guys have known the entire time we've been together that I've been very like. This is it. We've got this. And going through the schedule, like, look, Baylor's returning seven starters on either side of the football, and they went to the Big 12 championship. We know their coach can deliver. Oklahoma State's returning some guys. There's been a huge – Oklahoma's got a huge – you know, another shakeup in coaching, one that they didn't anticipate over the past week. But Venables is a, is a, nat- is a national championship winner on the defensive side of the football. Dylan Gabriel – isn't Caleb Williams, probably not Spencer Rattler in some good ways and bad ways, but his offensive coordinator, Levy is now coming over to be the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. And he was the offensive coordinator at UCF in 2019 when Gabriel had his best year. That's something that's being overlooked. I think that the best thing, the best takeaway from what you've said, Quan, is these guys, their air is different. And it's these guys that are coming in are coming in to take jobs. Like Quinn Ewers, it sounds like, and I don't, I don't think Sark has fully named him the starter yet, has he? It's his job no, to lose. It's his job to lose. But I think yeah. he, it, I feel as if, like from what you're saying and what we've been hearing, he understands that. He understands that Hudson Card was young last year and was still once a top recruit and is a, and has the potential to still be a good college football quarterback and maybe beyond, and that the competition is there. And these, the, we want guys that compete. How many times did we say it last year? These guys are, they have nothing. They're not looking behind them. On the depth chart, this is not the oh the NFL. You're, I mean, Quan. And how many times in the NFL are you looking behind you? Punt returns. Hell, I was a returner guy, so I was like number fifty-two on the roster. I yeah. was always looking. It wasn't a lot going on back there. I was gonna be sent home. So yeah, no, that I like that. That you're, that competition is very evident. Yeah, in every 
other than running back room, it may be portions of the receiver room and every other position up for grabs is happening. Mm-hmm. And I like it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yep. love it. Matter of fact, and that level of that, it's that sense of urgency. I'm seeing that sense of urgency. Um, it's, it's what's so funny is one of my biggest worries when NILs, I was like, they're going to be distracted. They're worried about what the hell they're wearing. And they have been for the last few years, but for a guy who absolutely nerds out on it, who tries to feel certain levels of the culture and energy, it just to this point feels just a little bit different. So yeah, I'm, I'm liking the hell out of it. I ain't gonna lie. Going back to what you said though, about us being preseason ranked four in the big 12, we finished seventh last year. So I'm trying to think to myself, you know, what's a respectable number to be preseason ranked after being so far down last year because the changes that were made yes of course we have a new quarterback you know casey's gone um some guys graduated there's definitely uh, an influx of new recruits coming in as well but how much did the team actually change not in the mentality but just in the depth chart of things so uh there's a lot of first year players as well so mm-hmm. maybe fourth is a little respectful maybe third was a little respectful i don't know but seventh was pretty bad last year Horrible, but like we, you know, we were probably a nine win team dressed as a five win team. You know what I'm saying? It's like he's a 10, but you know, he wears flip flops to the steakhouse. Like, you know, it's <laughs> one of the, the, this is what we were, you know, we didn't have that extra gear. And it's like, it was something that we couldn't point statistically. Statistically, and I'll kick it off some things that I'm looking for on offense and defense on average. Who averaged more rushing yards per game? I'm asking you guys this. Our opponents or us? Our opponents. We They ran through us. We had 20 sacks last year. Our ability to get in the defensive, to get in the backfield of the opponent was pathetic. And we have talent. And we have Gary Patterson coming in. And we had guys like, like double O, like, oh, man, if Ovi can just, you know, kind of, he had good numbers, but he needs to, like, double his production. Overshawn, Brockemeyer, these are good linebackers. We need to be able to stuff the run a whole lot better and control the clock because we lost time of possession last year on average as well by over a couple minutes. Our run game, and again, this is the whole the whole point of yours. If he was the next big thing, if he was the next Colt, the next VY, we'd be shirts off running through the quad to the gymnasium. You know what I'm saying? We'd be throwing parties, slurping Kool-Aid, spiked spiked Kool-Aid. But I don't even necessarily think he realistically has to be that. He just needs to be a guy that doesn't make many mistakes, can control the clock, control our pace, and get the ball to Worthy, get the ball to Whittington Nair, get the ball to Bijan Robinson, who had to shoulder a lot of the load and limped into the end of last season. He was hurt the last couple of weeks and we, for his future, we don't want that. But for our season, look, the Bama game is tough. I mean, our schedule gents reads like this, and I'm sure you guys have, you know, we've all gone through it. We have Louisiana Monroe. Then we have the September 10th game that I don't even need to say the team at this point. <laughs> Nick's Nick's heart game, UTSA versus Texas. I wonder who'd be rooting for there. And then we were at. Who, by, who, by the way, was it? Weren't they a 10 11 winning season uh, team last yeah. year? Yeah, they ranked no, all season long. Ain't no slouch, 100%. We're at Tech. We should win that game. And then we're at West Virginia and then the Red River game. Outside of Bama, and again, I don't want to poo poo this because 
JT Daniels, who's a fine starting college quarterback, is now at West Virginia. Shouldn't be overlooked. We should be heading in into the OU game with one loss, realistically. I know we're getting very ahead of ourselves. But to do that, I feel getting behind the line of scrimmage on the defensive side, really making it hell for the opposing offensive line, and then controlling the clock on our side are going to be those key factors. Look at Belichick. I mean, they go to the number one team in football of like the last century. Think about how they just control the game. Their defense is always super sound up front. They run the ball and those low, like they, they had Wes Welker and Edelman. It's little white dudes, not athletic specimens. They can just get the ball low and slow to them. It's barbecue reference for anybody out there who likes barbecue listening to this podcast. <laughs> Can't imagine that anyone does. Uh, and then they really control the clock. The only issue I would have, and Nick, you bring up a good point or you kind of touched on it, was a lot of new guys coming in, particularly on our offensive line. And while these guys are all massive, my only worry in the run game and my only you know, was the offensive line has been an issue for a long time. Like when was the last time we had an offensive lineman draft in the first round? I just worry that these guys are young. That would be my only concern. But those are the two things I'm looking for offensive defense. Like toss, like anything that you're looking on the sides of the ball. Um, personnel wise, not necessarily. I mean, I think everything that you laid out from the line perspective, and of course, you know, Quinn's ability that that differs from Casey's that we had last year, I think, which we've talked, we've touched on at this point um, and just his, his talent ceiling, right. Is higher. And, and with that, I think that'll open things up, but our guys getting older um, outside of really the line is what I expect the entire team to make a jump. And I think, you know, Quan, what you're saying with the, the culture and this being Sark's second year, like, it all seems to be falling in line. Um, you lay out that schedule, Josh, and you know the the real interesting games to me are Baylor at the end of the season or last week, and then Oklahoma State later. Those are the two games where I'm I look at our schedule and you know we we kind of know what those first five games are. We know that Oklahoma, any either team can win that game any given year, right? It's just mm-hmm. that type of rivalry. Um, Alabama, I think we, ex- we, we all have an expectation as to what's going to happen. And we feel we're not there. We're not, we're not quite there yet. Right. But yeah, we're ranked fourth right now. And, and to me, as a, as a fan, I know in the locker room, Sark saying, let's prove to everyone that we're number one, but behind closed doors, I feel like it's, let's prove to everyone that we're at least number two in this conference yeah. because we're going to be moving to a different conference. That's going to be happening, but it's about jumping Baylor and Oklahoma state and solidifying ourselves as a 10 and two team this year, taking that, that first step forward with Quinn at the helm. And then the next year, you know, he'll be a, he'll be a junior year, you know, age wise. Of course he, he had the, I guess he actually, did he have the red shirt? Will he yeah. be a red shirt junior at that point? He'll, yeah. he'll he's, this is red yeah, he shirt last year at, at Ohio state. Right. So, yeah. Right. So he'll be a red, yeah. He'll be a red shirt, sophomore, junior aged uh, player at that point. And then of course, Arch will be slotting in. Um, to back him up. But I think that puts us in the position for the future. Once we make that move to the sec, um, just in a good position, it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta crawl before you walk. Right. And then you gotta walk before you run. You know, uh, just to touch on that as well. When I say they should feel disrespected, not necessarily per where they're put, because ultimately I think every year we're picked to be in the top two and these cats believe it and don't put in the work to finish in the top two. Mm-hmm. So on the, where they where media, whomever 
makes all these rankings and preseason, whatever, where they put us is exactly where we need to be. We went five and seven last year. To your point, Nick, I mean, we're seventh in the Big 12. Hell, they, they, they put us three more spots. I would have put us at seven. You are what you are until you prove different. So, yes, they should feel disrespected individually. And as within their locker room, no, the folks who put us there aren't wrong. It's up to us to prove them wrong. And Tosh, you made a good point. It is being talked a lot about this being the, the possibility of the farewell season to the Big 12. You want to talk about optimism, as cool as it may seem to go over there. If you can't be in the top two in the Big 12, your ass is in trouble going into the SEC. And that's just the facts. Ole Miss is better than Oklahoma Heck. State and Baylor. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm saying Ole Miss is a sneaky team this year. They're a team that's going to compete. Kiffin and that crew, and that that's kind of the mindset. On one hand, we're so fired up for this season on a lot for a lot of levels. But our trends, which we do see in the trenches, we're landing a heck, you know, a lot of linemen. We need to get do a little bit better at D linemen. Our trend needs to be in the mix. We're not saying we need to win a national championship this year. We're not there yet, in our opinion. But the improvement in year two, and I'm going to tell you what's mind-boggling about that perspective, so many times on the collegiate or even the NFL level, that year two is a massive season for new head coaches. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, again, Aranda, the dude, you know, or, or even go back to Matt Rule, the dude wins one, one game one year, he's in the Big 12 championship the next year. Aranda, horrible year one, literally wins the Big 12 last year. So for all those metrics, it's a big season for Sark and his crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, what are you thinking, man? Anything on the offensive and defensive side? Yeah, I mean, one of the big things that screams out to me is winning the turnover battle. Um, we had a negative turnover margin last season, um, which was not great. We were ranked uh, number 89 in the nation in terms of the turnover margin. So you always got to win that to give yourself some extra possessions. I think that's always super important. Uh, we mentioned, you know, teams rushed more than us um, than, than we rushed. I mean, I think that we got to be that team that just runs it down your throat and, and plugs up the holes. I mean, if you got a Heisman candidate and Bijan Robinson, there's no reason why a team should be rushing more than you every single game. So that's a big part. Um, I mean, I have all the faith in the world in our wide receivers. I think we've got probably a top, maybe three wide receiver room in, in college football, you know, with the addition of Nair and Whittington getting healthy. And of course, X-Man. So uh, I'm not worried there, but yeah, it's going to come down to these young offensive linemen as well to uh, mature fast and mold together quickly because um, you know, these, these defensive linemen they're going against are all NFL prospects that, you know, could be in the first round. Uh, you know, TCU's got some Baylor's got some OU's always has them. So these uh these big boys in the line need to step it up quick. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got a different kind of expectation. Yes, we want on the field for it to ball out in every single way and form or fashion. We got Bama coming to town. Dude, the amount of people that have hit me up from Bama, knowing that they're going to be number one, but they're coming to town because they want to be in Austin, they want to be in the stadium. I swear, we have done this to a lot of teams. If Bama comes to this place and has... 25,000 fans in our stadium. I'm going to be livid. So we have seven home games this year. We go six and one at home. We're going to have a pretty damn good season. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So my expectation after a rough year, I just saw it. I'm sure y'all did. We broke a record of season's tickets. We have sold more season tickets than the history of UT football. Mm. Let's build on that and make DKR a freaking home field advantage. Need it. Especially at Bama. We, we, it hadn't been that in so long. It's, it's skin crawling bad how much we've lost at home. Mm-hmm. And, and in bad ways too. Zone doesn't look full and all these yeah. different things. Let's make this play. We're going to a league where they will, you will not get 10, 15,000 people in any one of those stadiums. So let's get in that mind. Hell, that even that little school down the street who don't win that much had a good recruiting class. You're not going to get 15,000 people in that stadium. That stadium, it so, looks hellish when they beat Bama last year. Oh, it was. Let's create that at DKR. And so yeah, be ashamed to say that on the field, but I'm thinking big picture. Yeah. Longhorn nation. Let's flip the script. Let's be a part of the movement. Let's show up for seven freaking home games and rock that damn house. You I said, agree. you said Longhorn nation. And I thought you were going to say, let's ride after it just because that's what, <laughs> that's what everyone's saying. Let's ride. I'll say all the things. Russell Wilson. Let's ride. Yeah. I, I think like, you know, as we say a lot, like, looking back at last year but not dwelling in the past and learning from it and Quan, I, you know i like the the approach it has to be for sark like it's a growing year right it still is a growing year and we're going to a different destination a, a different conference and so using this as an opportunity to get as much out of it as we can and we got punched in the mouth mouth last year josh as you said against arkansas and we didn't recover and the fact of the matter in the SEC, the competition is so high. We're going to have seasons where we lose games. That's just inevitably going to happen. And you have to be able to bounce back and win that next game and get back on track. And, you know, that's why I like the schedule as we have it laid out this year. Cause it's like, we have that, it's almost like it's broken up into quarters, right? The first quarter of the season, we've got Bama. Then the second quarter, we've got Oklahoma. Third quarter, we've got Oklahoma, o- Oklahoma state. And the fourth quarter, we have Baylor. So and then the fifth quarter, we got the Natty. Exactly. Exactly. We have K State who's going to be sneaky good. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we can't sleep on any other opponent as we as we know very well, and we always talk about that we've got the biggest target on our back because you know we have a hand sign and everyone else doesn't. But (laughs) and they like doing our hand sign. They love doing our hand sign and flipping it down to the ground, which is stupid. But it's it's a possibility that we could lose any four of those games that I listed out. And we have to be able to, I mean, Baylor, you know, we'll have a game after that, obviously, but the other three, we have plenty of games after that. And we can't have the same mindset that we had last year where we, uh, we bow out after that, that first loss, because it is coming. And when we get to the SEC, you know, we're just use it as training is what I'm saying. You know, yeah. because you might lose against AM, you might lose against Auburn, you might lose against Alabama or LSU, whoever you're playing, but that next game that you play is not always Kansas. It's never Kansas. Right. right. And, that, and that's twofold too, right? The players can't bow out, but also back to Quan's point, the fans can't bow out either, right? We yeah. lose a game. You can't go, oh, woe is me. We're, our season's over. I'm probably going to sell my tickets next week or I'm not going to show out. I'm not going to be as loud. Like being a Longhorn is is more to this team. I mean, like it's not just the team. It's, it's the entire fan base that 
can be there and motivate the team and make sure the other team is scared and, and make sure that quarterback can't talk to his O-line and his wide receivers when it's so loud. Like it's the 12th man that A&M has. Like that is a real advantage that they actually have there that I wish that we could bring to DKR. Well, mm-hmm. and, and to build on that is Arch committed. We're happy as all get out about it. Win, lose, or draw, fan base. If you don't want him to have buyer's remorse, show him why he's going to come to several games this year. Show him that the schools, he picked Texas over. We have that same vibe, that same culture, that same mindset. Longhorn Nation is that real. And that's, and by the way, we're still trying to land some more cats for that year. I think we have seven or eight more scholarships that we can do. Show him, show them in this battle that we're going to have going into December, that this place is changing. It's shifting. Mm-hmm. Make Anthony Hill regret it. Crap. Make Anthony Hill regret it. Make all those yeah. guys that went to AM regret it. I mean, it's, if Bam is going to come in and beat us, we better make it a tough time. That's all I'm right. saying. If we lose to Oklahoma state, which we very well may lose to them, it's at Oklahoma state. They were in the big 12 championship game last year. Like we need to be okay with that and understand that like, Hey, look, if we walk out with two losses this year, it's better than seven from last year. And be okay Dude, and be understanding about that. It really is. And my little old bitty town, I grew up super small town out here. And fortunately, they win a lot. But they said if we ever lose, and they, they have this saying and it's acronyms, and I finally figured out what the hell that mean. A fight go with it. That's the mindset. This whole if you're about three touchdowns, you shouldn't lose. Let's be real about that. Even though we did that a lot to people, you shouldn't lose. But a make a fight go with it. If Bama beats us, which we kind of expect that because they are a little ahead of the, a lot ahead of the curve than where we are, but make a fight go with it. Make them leave and be like, oh, damn, they're coming to our league. Things just got more real. That's what we're looking for, that level of progress. And that's why I keep bringing up culture. That Those type of things is what we're looking for. So make a freaking fight go with it. Mm-hmm. The bowing out stuff, the letting one game beat you three games. That can't be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that we lost. In my four years, I do not believe there was ever a time we lost two games in a row. Can you tell me every game? Not right. Probably, if you don't have to make you put you on the spot. Can you tell me how many games do you lose? Uh, seven. Those seven games in four years. Yeah. I was watching our. I was watching Lendale White. He's on the network. He does the USC show. Did we lose seven last year? <laughs> yeah. We lost seven last year. Yeah, we did. Lendell yeah, we White. My four years, we went fifty-six and seven. Before Lendell White had lost to to you guys, he was telling Chris Johnson this. Before Lendell White lost to you guys, he had lost one game. And Chris Johnson's like, "How many games do you have to lose to get to?" That he goes, "You could lose one and still get there." And he goes, "Y'all, y'all lost one." He goes, "Yeah." So who did you lose to that year? He goes, "No, we didn't lose to anyone that year." He goes, I lost one game in college. It was a triple overtime game versus Cal, who probably had Aaron Rodgers, if I'm doing my numbers correctly. Did they have Marshawn? They had to have some combination. Of they, someone had Did to Marshawn go to Cal? I thought he went yeah, to Cal. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Beastmo went to Cal. Uh, and I, I think it's, I don't know if I'm, I'm a fact. I'll fact so check basically, this. So basically, he lost two games in all of college. I think so. Yeah, two, you're right. Two. Because they did that his freshman year. Because they, they were trying to go. Back to back to back. Yeah. Trying to three P. Yeah. 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 100%. 
That's the mindset. Like he's That's like, and he, it's, it's crazy. And you know, but I think we can get, I think it's doable and we need to be okay. Like we need to be, we just have, there's certain games we do have to win this year. I think the Oklahoma game is one of them. I think we need to smack TCU in the mouth just for old time's sake and just get oh, yeah. that one cooking. I want to throw two guys out there to you guys. Coburn and Cook are honorable Big 12. We're, we're honorable Big 12 mentions, all defense. In my mind, Quan is someone who played on the team, you know, like at a high level. Just can you maybe you could back this up? If you're good enough to be all honorable mention, you're good enough to be first or second team. So we need to get them to that level. Well, ultimately, what that means, especially if you're preseason, that is we know what your hype was coming out. We feel like we have an idea of what your potential can be because Coburn did not get enough sacks or even pressures on the quarterback last year. Love snacks. Phenomenal attitude. Tries every play. But they're saying, we don't know. Prove us wrong. Go Mm -hmm. be first team. Go ball out. Or if you have the season, honestly, this is what that means. If you have the season you had last year, you're an honorable mention, but you're not going to be mentioned by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. If you do better, you can go second team, first team. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like that preseason perspective. And, and, and again, it's Texas. It's all thrown out there. But that's all about you. You tell us what you're going to be, what you're going to do. Have the season that make us either right or even that we downplayed it. Or if you do what you did last year, it's why you're honorable mention. And likely you're not going to even be mentioned at that time. Yeah, he's honorable mention last year. Let's kick it up a notch. Yeah. Let's get you, let's get those guys. Like last year, we had the freshman of the year and worthy. I mean, realistically, this guy outside of Smith and Jigba should probably, and maybe Addison, should probably be the third best receiver in college football. If thing, he had and 12, Nader's not very far from him. He had 12 plus touchdowns as well. Worthy had 12 touchdowns last year as a freshman. Nuts. I, I would love for, and like, there were certain times last year, and this is just more of like a, a scheme and thing, which I don't mind as good as Bijan is, especially in games like Louisiana Monroe. If we do you start, love you love Roshan. That's what you're about I to say. I do. I really do. I know I do love Roshan. No, I Roshan, agree. I agree. I, th- I think those guys need to get carries as well. I mean, you look at the old Bama teams, right? Or the old Auburn teams that had all these, I mean, Georgia, Wisconsin, and we see it all the time when they have multiple pros that go to the league, they rotate guys in and out. They keep their legs fresh. They, they make sure their star doesn't take as many hits as he should. I w- I'm with you, man. And Roshan's a game changer. He's a baller. I mean, he's a smart player who, who just fights for every single yard. I mean, I love him and getting him in the action as much as possible is, is great. Mm-hmm. And and again, one more offseason in a new position for him, a position that he did not come to Texas to originally play. Exactly. And he gets exp- it's a good, he gets exponentially better every year. We have other guys like if we're beating up on these teams. Let's say we let's say it starts to get out of hand against tech or it starts to get out. And we would love to see Bijan hold the trophy in December. Like that'd be awesome. I would rather him be healthy because what if we are what if you know what if it is best case scenario? What if we do get hot this year? We beat, we lose to Bama, but we beat everybody else, and we're in a position to do something in the Big Twelve game. We want him fresh legs and fully healthy. I'm not saying you know pull him early, but if we have other guys that we could also rely on in the in the, in the running back room, and so and with the Shard choice there, I think we have a great running backs coach in the mix, and I would love to see his impact on Roshan and, and his impact on Keelan Robinson. Uh, all right, we've t- we've all danced around records. Q, Nick, Toss, I'll close us out. What's our record? 
Sorry, dude. <sighs> Man, with the practice, with the potential, I would not be surprised. Even though our schedule is going to be tough. I know the Big 12 is nuts, but I, I think we're in a place where I think we're nine wins. Okay. Nick? <laughs> I think nine is realistic. I really do. But I'm going to go out and say 10 and two. Who's your losses to? Um, it's hard to say, honestly. I mean, that Bama game is going to be hard yeah, to that's, escape. That's, that's it. I think, I think that's the one. And Oklahoma State has our number all the time, so could be them. But I don't, I don't think we lose against Baylor this year. I think it's towards the end of the season. We'll probably be fighting for some respect to get a good bowl game or potentially even get into the conversation to be uh, a playoff team. So we're going to beat the brakes off Baylor. We play Okie State and K-State in their home. So that's those are the ones that I'm super nervous about. Yeah. I very, very good games of Keon on toss. Yeah, I feel like I hate to just be a parrot here, but I'm I'm right there with Nick. I think it's I think it's 10 and 2. And if I were to hone in on the two L's, it's likely, you know, we all know the Bama game. We're all kind of counting that one as as one loss. And then I think it's, you know, if we beat OU, we get into a situation that we've talked about at Ignazium on this podcast where we're gonna get punched in the mouth at one point. And I think it happens in Stillwater against Okie State. And then we pull up our britches and we get back at it and we uh we beat Baylor. But that's gonna be if they have the season that they're supposed to have that last that last week, it's gonna be a showdown. It's and gonna be great. it's gonna be awesome. And yeah. We, and we gotta we gotta stomp them. We do have to stomp them. We're at stomp Kansas. We lost to Kansas last year. They returned the most starters in the Big 12 with 17. Just want to throw that out there. But I, <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying 10 wins. The game. Listen, I'm, we better be so pissed off that yeah, I don't care better, what they return. We better absolutely punish them. It better, it better be nightmare on Elm Street for them. Here's the game I'm keyed in on. Because I think they're going to be more competitive than people are giving them credit for. And it is, it's at home. It's a competitive team. West Virginia, it's our first Big 12 game at home. We have tech, we're at tech before. I'm, I'm imagining we beat tech. Imagining if we lose to BAM, we come back, beat UTSA, we beat tech. And we're going into this West Virginia game at home. The following weekend is going to be Oklahoma. And we take care of business and we're not getting ahead of ourselves in the Red River game. We beat a good football team at our house. And make them know that it's our home. I'm keyed on in that game. That game's gonna tell me a lot. But I'll go, I'll go 10 and 2, and I'll respect your 9 and 3 Q with the K-State push. I'll respect that. Uh you know, in that West Virginia comp, I was looking at the date, October 1st. They kind of lose some of their home field winter weather BS that they usually have going for them. Now they do hate us. I, I went on the sideline and I was blown away at the amount of upside down horns because i'm like dude y'all aren't our rival but i just think early in the season with what we have returning and talent wise i get what you're saying i just mm -hmm. feel like post kicking textbook and lubbock i think we're gonna be all right oh it. no and then they're coming here so i'm really not worried about them no I just, I, i'm not worried about them i just think it's gonna be telling can we yeah, they come in and can we beat the absolute you know what out of them um all right before we kind of you know 
wrap up our, our first, you know, preseason show and heading into the season. We never get to interview UQ, so we'll kind of like teeter that throughout the year. What <laughs> is what is your favorite training camp story? Your favorite moaning for your favorite moment from training camp could be watching, could be playing. No, no, dude. I'm gonna tell you, it's actually one I'll never forget because I was so pissed off and I yeah. love Coach Brown to death, but he made me so mad. Yeah. We're going through training camp. Billy Pittman get hurt. Lyman Sweet get hurt. Everybody gets hurt. The only people that didn't get hurt were me and Nate Jones. Well, I'm heading to camp because I always lived off, off campus. So I'm like, which it's mind boggling that I even bought this because I don't really eat Shalaskis. I eat some damn Shalaskis. We're one day from camp being over. I get food poisoning. I throw up eight times. IV, all of that. So I come back the next day, the last day of practice. They wouldn't let me practice. And Coach Brown's punk. I was so mad. He calls up, well, Nate, Nate Jones, we want to highlight. He's the only receiver that finished camp. I was so pissed <laughs> off. I was, so, I was like, do you get that I threw up eight times? More in that day than I did my entire life before the so that's that's a funny camp story um ironically we used to go to the ut golf club i didn't golf at the time it was a waste of time and now i practically live on a golf course so we had some wow. good times look man. where you it, it look was, where you've come how far you've come <laughs> now man i that no kid that like knowing you now that story is so like because knowing your relationship with sark knowing your relationship that you spoke on on mac brown like you know, like you, and you know, you were the, one of the older statesmen on the team. Like you're one of the yeah. older guys on the team. You, you're like an example setter, you know, you want to do well. And like, it's hilarious to hear that you were so close to like being like, you know, an A plus student. And then you just absolutely got mixed at the end. And he's, oh, dude, I was so pissed. Pissed. <laughs> It was literally, and, and by the way, the last day they were even in shorts. It wasn't even, it was like 14 periods. It was like the weakest damn practice on the planet. So I ultimately made through the other practice. Yeah. But nah, Did you call cool. out coach? That was kind of how we worked. Did you call out coach Brown afterwards and be like, come on coach. Oh, he, I didn't have to say a word. He saw it on my face. I, I did not talk to him after practice <laughs> a few days. I was pissed. Did, have you, here's a question. Have you been to Schlotsky's since then? Listen, that was maybe my second time in the history of ever eating it. And that was the last time in the history of ever eating. it. It's, yeah. There's no it was way. Awful. There's no way. And it was the one over y'all remember the one over by campus on uh, the drag in MLK. There was this little bitty one right over there. And the only reason I went, cause it was so freaking close. No, hell no, I haven't been. To they they might, they might have 86 that one. I don't know if it was there when, when we were there, but probably cause someone was talking and they were I, like, by the way, gave I, I think you're poison. right. I think matter of fact, I think that's where the new um, business school is going up at. So no, they got rid of it. Thank God. It was awful. This is the new everything coming up these days in Austin. They're getting rid of Cain and Abel's bumps. I don't care if it's the most college thing I still have left in me. I love that place. That and Pluckers is the only thing hanging around. Dirty Martins. Done. Oh. Done. Damn. So sad. Um, just, just real quick. We yeah. obviously all gave our predictions. Quan, nine wins. The rest of us, 10. Uh, if you go to betonline.ag. Good call. The, cur- the, the uh, over is eight and a half. Over under is eight and a half for Texas. So we all Bet picked the over, over, baby. We're saying go to betonline.ag. Use the promo <laughs> code BLEAV50 and put some, put some stacks on Texas hitting that over. <laughs> yeah, I'm down, dude. I'm down to put it all on the Texas one hitting over. 
screw it. I th- I think we, I think this is the year because we always say we've, we've never left. I think this is the year that we put back in stone because we saw like Miami kind of almost do it a couple of years ago. They were almost like really like back to cementing themselves. USC with Darnold like was teetering on like, okay, here we are. We'll see what Michigan Florida almost did it. Yeah. They they had Trask and, but they couldn't the thing is a great point because they had Trask the year before they had Kyle Pitts who's sick the year before that. And they were like, they were like one of the top teams in the SEC and last year they kind of floundered. We'll see what Michigan does this year. A lot of turnover. Can they kind of cement themselves? I think this is the year we kind of get back to that and then get in, get into that position where we can cement ourselves. Just so you but, boys know, the Natty is in LA this year, so the boys hey. could be in attendance if our you, boys make it. We take, win the Big Twelve. We, we, there will be some conversations. Hey, Q. You know, I, I'm sure you're past staying on our couches, but Joe's got to has got to offer it up, baby. Just you know, I've got a spare bedroom. You don't have to stand. I tell you what, I appreciate the offer. If it's all sold out, you get a hotel. Yeah, you get a hotel. No, it'd be a great place to uh, celebrate in Los Angeles. Uh, But yeah, let's get let's get the season rolling, guys. Uh, Good first good first season app, and fans out there, get your horns up with the horns up talking Texas podcast. Horns up. We'll see you next time. Hook 'em, baby. Hook 'em. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.